0: Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Those famous words were spoken by a high school senior named Ferris Bueller. Now, if you don't know who Ferris Bueller is, then you are not a kid of the 1980s. (laughs) I just want to welcome all of you here to Greenbelt Church today. So great for those of you that are joining us in person in the building for our watch party. And as well, we so love those of you who join us here at Greenbelt Online from here in our city and all over the world. We love you and we're so glad to worship with each and every one of you today. Today, we're kicking off a four week series called At the Movies. If you've been coming to Greenbelt for any amount of time over the summer, you know this is something that we do every summer where we look at very famous movies and we find a biblical truth. Within that movie to help us understand more of the teachings of the Bible, to help us understand God's kingdom, to understand how you and I are created to live our lives in this world that we live in. And I thought it would be really fun this year to kick it old school and pick movies from the 1980s. (laughs) Because I am a child of the 80s. I loved going to the movie theaters as a young child, as a teenager, as a young adult. And let's just be honest, I still love it to this day. So I just thought it would be fun to hit on some very famous movies from the 80s and find some biblical truth from those movies together. So this week, to kick off at the movies, I want us to talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Show of hands. Show you, raise your hand up high if you've seen this movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Put it in the chat. Say, yep, I've seen it. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is the story about a young high school senior named Ferris Bueller. And Ferris decides that he's going to skip school that day. Now, just a disclaimer. Pastor Kevin is not recommending for all of you kids to skip school. If you think that's the big idea of today's message you're wrong. <laughs> That's not the point of the message today. But Ferris, he's been working hard. Like, and, and his friends have been working hard. They're just about to graduate high school. And Ferris knows that his best friend, Cameron, and his girlfriend, Sloan, all three of them are going to be going off to different colleges in the fall. And so Ferris wants to have one last great day. With his friends before they get summer jobs before they got to step into more responsibilities before they have to move away for school. And so Ferris plans this big elaborate scheme to be able to sneak away from school. The opening scene in the movie has Ferris did this big rig in his bedroom where he's got it hooked up to his computer, hooked up to his stereo. He's got a mannequin lying in the bed. So if someone were to peek into his room, um, because he told his parents he was sick, and so if someone was to come home and wanted to check up on him, they'd see this mannequin rocking back and forth in his bed and hearing snoring coming from his stereo while he's out having a great time. But his best friend Cameron is actually sick, and he's homesick. But Ferris doesn't want that to ruin this great day that he has planned. So he drags Cameron out of bed, he makes him get dressed, and not only that, he makes him steal his father's 1961 Ferrari. Now again, Pastor Kevin is not recommending that for all of you kids to steal your parents' car. That's not the big idea today. You will hear the big idea soon. (laughs) And so Ferris, you know, he, he wants to have this great day off. But there's two people out there who do not want Ferris to have a nice day. There's his sister, Jeannie, and the school principal. They are determined to ruin Ferris Bueller's day off. Because why should Ferris be blessed with a good day off? When everyone else has to work, when everyone else has to do their responsibilities, how dare this kid think he's entitled to a day off? Now, it's really fascinating, I find, in the culture that we live in today. In a Western culture, we kind of like working. (laughs) We kind of like to work a lot. Now, I don't know how true this was for many of you, but over the past 15 months of working from home, I have found it incredibly challenging to take a day off. Because getting used to the idea of working from home, like when we shut everything down here at the church building and I moved my office to at home, suddenly I've got my cell phone with me all the time. I've got my Bible with me all the time. I've got my laptop with me all the time. And it's very, very easy to work from sunup to sundown seven days a week. But there's also a little part of us that, if I was really honest, there's a little part of me that likes to work a lot because um, I like to be busy. Absolutely. I'm not the type of guy who gets very comfortable lying around and watching TV for hours and hours and hours on end. I start to get a little squirrely, but also there's something else in me. There's this little thing called sin (laughs) where I actually like working a lot because deep down, if I was honest with you, it makes me feel important. It makes me feel productive. It makes me feel like I am, uh, that I'm worthwhile, that I'm worthy, that I'm needed. And, and Jesus has a lot to say in his teachings about a day off. You see, back in Jesus's day, there was a tradition that the people of Israel had called sabbath and depending on who you were some people took sabbath very 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 seriously and that was usually the religious leaders who were so legalistic and so in love with their religious traditions that they took sabbath way too seriously And then you had the average Jewish person who had to work to make a living. You see, in a Jewish culture, most people didn't have a career. Most people, it was day by day by day, they had to find work in order to buy food, in order to survive. And so those people would probably not take Sabbath seriously enough, So you're in these two extremes of taking it way too seriously and taking it not serious enough. And Jesus speaks directly into that culture. So let's look here. I'm going to read from Mark. Uh, I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading here at verse 23. So this is Jesus' teaching about Sabbath. So here, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 23, it says, So one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some of the heads of grain. So the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Let me just stop here for a moment and explain this to you what's happening. Jesus and his followers are walking through a field. They're walking through a grain field. And this grain is growing up. And you'd have these little heads of grain growing on the plants. One of the disciples picks picks it up off of the grain, and then he eats it. Now, whenever Jesus and his followers are out doing things, the religious leaders are very close. Because they're always watching what he's doing. You see, they have a problem with him. They're, they're not happy with what he's teaching. He's not They're not happy with how Jesus is kind of calling them out on their own sin and their own hypocrisy. So they're looking for ways that they could get the crowds to stop following Jesus and start following them again. And going to a little tiny piece of grain, pulling it off the plant and eating it, was considered by these religious leaders to be work. You have now worked on the Sabbath day, just doing this, click, pulling off a little seed off of a plant and eating it. You have broken the law of God, according to these religious leaders, right? And so Jesus answers them, you know, because when they challenge Jesus. Why are your followers doing what's unlawful? He answers them. Have you never read what David, this is King David from the Old Testament. You never read what David did when him and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And then he also gave some to his companions. And then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord of even the Sabbath. These people are trying to trip Jesus up. They're trying to say, you people, you're not following our commandments. You're not following our traditions. We like the commandments of Moses and of King David, and we follow their teaching. And then he reminds them, well, David did something that you would consider to be unlawful. That he went into the temple and he ate the bread that was reserved for the priests to eat. Because they were hungry and they were in need. And Jesus is reminding them, what is the most important thing? Just nitpicking these little laws or caring for people in need? He's challenging the thinking of these religious leaders. And then the text Continues here. Mark continues on this topic of Sabbath in chapter three. So let's continue going down. It says another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there and some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if they would heal him on the Sabbath. Again, these religious leaders have been watching what Jesus has been doing. They've watched Jesus heal a paralyzed man. They've watched him heal a man with leprosy. They've watched him heal a man who was blind. And now it's Sabbath day. The day you are not supposed to work. Is Jesus going to heal on the Sabbath day? That's what they're looking for, right? And And so it continues here. And uh, yes, so in verse three, so they want to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he'd heal on the Sabbath. Continuing in verse three, Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. They being these religious leaders And so he looked around them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. See, sidebar here, when Jesus looks at people in anger, um, every time it's at stubborn religious people. Just saying. (laughs) I think so often we as Christians want to justify our anger. Say our anger is okay, but Jesus' anger every time, it's at the stubborn, hard heart of religious people. I'm just going to say those words, and I'm just going to leave those right there and see if the Holy Spirit convicts me or anyone else of how we use our anger, right? He's deeply distressed at these religious leaders who should know better who should know the heart of God, who should know about the love of God and the compassion and the mercy. And yes, the righteousness and judgment of God for sure. And then Jesus says to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. So Jesus heals this man with this shriveled, deformed hand. And then verse 6 of chapter 3 has some very powerful words here. It says, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. See, that is a major turning point in the ministry of Jesus, where these religious leaders are watching him. They're hearing his teaching. They're seeing his miracles. But there's no plot to kill Jesus until the breaking of Sabbath. Now, some of you might be watching this today and you're going, well, what is Sabbath? (laughs) You know, and that's a great question to ask because we should never just take that for granted that people know what Sabbath even is, right? The Sabbath day is the last day of the week. It comes from the book of Genesis when God created all things. And we read that account in Genesis chapter 1 of God creating the earth, God creating the heavens and the earth, God creating the sky, God creating the sea, God creating the vegetation, God creating the animals, God creating mankind in his image and in his likeness, where God gives dominion over, uh, gives dominion of all of creation to humanity, telling them to keep it and to tend to this new creation. And then on the last day, on the seventh day, God rested. And God declared that day holy. He declared it as a day to be set apart. And then fast forward many, 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 many generations, and then you come to Moses. And Moses is given the commandments of God, where Moses receives these stone tablets where the commands of God were written by the finger of God on these stones. And the fourth commandment makes reference to that holy day where it says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So what, what does a holy day mean? Well, A holy day means it's something that is to be set apart. See, that day should look Different than every other day of the week because it is holy. It is set apart. It's meant for something else that the other six days are not meant for. And then Jesus here declares in this chapter of Mark chapter three that he, or sorry, in Mark chapter two, that he is Lord of the Sabbath. Now again, religious leaders in his day would fully grasp what that means. (laughs) It means he's the creator of Sabbath. That he was the one who created, who set apart this holy day, right? This kind of reminds me of what comes up in John's gospel, right? In John chapter one, when it talks about this same exact creation account that we read about in Genesis where it says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that had been made in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And it's talking about who was that light? Who is that word? Well, John continues and says, it's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord over this day that religious leaders are trying to twist it into their traditions, as well as other people are just trying to ignore it. Right? And so the big idea that I want us to unpack for the remainder of of our time together today is this. The big idea is spiritual rest is a gift. And it's one that should be accepted. Spiritual rest is a gift. And it is one that should be accepted. Like I love that movie in Ferris Bueller. Like I I, I love that scene where you can see all these seniors in their classroom. And there's a very famous scene where the teacher is taking attendance. So it's first thing in the morning and these students are there and the teacher is just kind of going through the names one at a time, Adams, Adams, Adams. And then the kid wakes up here. And then next Carmichael, Carmichael here, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. There's no Ferris Bueller. He's out enjoying a day off. And I picture, I could see these kids and, It's the first thing in the morning, and they're already fried. They're already exhausted. They're studying hard. They have part-time jobs. They've got chores at home. They have all the responsibilities that a teenage senior has. And sometimes it feels like there's no rest in sight. (laughs) Maybe you feel that way too, and you're not a high school senior. Maybe in your job, maybe in your family responsibilities, maybe in your education, whatever it is for you. I know you have felt this way, that I just need a day off. You see, and Western culture treats the day off very, very differently than the Jewish culture did. See, in our Western culture, we tend to work, 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 and then we're exhausted, and then we take a day off. Sabbath that holy set-apart day is actually something quite different. It's, yes, you worked and worked and worked, but then you take this Sabbath rest. And the goal of the Sabbath rest is not to pass out because of the work you've done before, but it's to start the new week refreshed and close to God and renewed. It's a spiritual exercise, not just a crashing in exhaustion. And so Ferris Bueller is desperate for a day like that. Like Ferris wants a day. He goes through this big scheme to plan out this great day for his friends where he wants to go enjoy a baseball game. Just to enjoy a game of watching a baseball game in person. He wants to go eat at a fancy restaurant and enjoy some great food. But he wants to go to a parade and just celebrate and rejoice. And there's a very famous scene of that movie where he ends up in the parade singing a very famous Beatles song, which I won't sing for all of you today because I'm not on the worship team. I'm on the teaching team for a reason. (laughs) He wants to just take this fancy sports car, just go out for a drive in the countryside and enjoy the creation, enjoy a beautiful view. He wants to just sit and relax by a pool and enjoy the sunshine, right? Right. He wants to have this renewal, wants to have this day off. And that kind of spiritual rest, Jesus shows us is a gift from God. But you and I have to accept the gift. We have to accept the gift. I've shared this before over the last few years here at Greenbelt that I have personally been on a a personal journey when it comes to Sabbath keeping. Because, again, like I've shared before, I like to work. I do. I, I love my job here at the church. You know, I I, do, I love what I get to do. I, I love watching what God is doing all over the place, and 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 that apostleship spiritual gift in me. I love looking at how we can tweak things and change things and have a greater impact. And so I'm always thinking. I'm always kind of working on this stuff. Um, but I need to take spiritual rest. So it has become a discipline for me on how to do that. And we talked about spiritual disciplines in the last sermon series. And if you weren't with us for that, you can find those on our YouTube page where that rest, that Sabbath keeping is a discipline that we bring into our lives. And one of the best books that I've ever read on this topic is a book called Keeping Sabbath Holy by Marva Dawn. And it's a great book to read if you've never really studied the topic of Sabbath keeping. So I want to just highlight for you four things from this book and they come out of different scriptures. They come out of the tradition of the Jewish people on how they treated Sabbath. Um, And and I want you to kind of ponder these four things as you think about your own spiritual rest, as you think about your own spiritual renewal. So the first thing that's talked about in the book is ceasing, (laughs) ceasing. This is, she calls us to cease our need and our demand to be productive all the time. Any hey, show of hands, how many of you find that really hard? <laughs> find it hard to not be productive all the time. Okay, maybe it's not just at work and working tons of hours, but as soon as you're done work, then you come home and you see everything that has to be done at home, or you see all the schoolwork that you have to do, or you see all the yard work that needs to be done. All of these responsibilities that we have just keep us productive all the time. And what ceasing does for one day releases us. It it frees us from control. It actually allows us to trust God more. It allows us to realize it's not by us working one more day. It's not about us just being productive for one more day that's going to make the difference. It's I'm going to leave this with God. I'm going to do my job for six days, I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to use my talents, use my abilities, use my spiritual gifts. But then I'm going to trust God. One of the ways that I've actually learned to do that the most over the last couple of years is ever since I have started growing a vegetable garden. <laughs> now, my family can, you know, attest to this, that I'm not making this up. I like to just walk in my garden multiple times a day. Because if I stare at it, it will grow better. (laughs) Okay, I don't actually believe that. But the number of times I go into the garden, you would think that's what I believe because I I obsess on it, I look at it, I measure it, I journal about it, I make sure there's no weeds on it. I've been watching YouTube videos on how to cross-pollinate squash, and instead of letting the bumblebees do their job, I'm doing the job of the bumblebees now with my Q-tips and cross-pollinating flowers. (laughs) I can get a little obsessive on being productive, but ceasing. Ceasing. One day a week. And in our family, what we've tried to do is we've tried to make that Friday night to Saturday night. That Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. Of keeping that Sabbath day set apart for ceasing. I'm not going to cross-pollinate my garden. I'm not going to weed it. I'm not going to worry about it. But I can enjoy it. I can walk in it. I can smell the flowers. Different things I can do with it. But I'm not going to be so obsessed on producing it. Another thing they talk about in this book is they talk about the idea of resting. Talk about the idea of resting, right? In the work week that you and I live in, there's very little opportunity to slow down. It's just go, 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 go. That, for me, honestly, has actually been one of the blessings of the pandemic, is that it has forced so many of us to slow down because our lives were so jacked up to the max like we're so tightly wound and there isn't a spare moment to enjoy anything and for me personally in our family that pandemic has just eased up that tension where we could rest where you could actually take a nap where you could read a book Where you could sit outside and do all of these different things, right? So what Sabbath keeping does is it, it, by taking that rest where we don't have to strive constantly for seven days a week, right? Sabbath keeping, it can put us so close, um, in touch with God's grace that when we can, when we can stop striving and we can truly rest, right? It goes on, talks about embracing embracing and this is actually one of my favorite things my favorite points about sabbath keeping of what i've been learning about it right because again in that work week there's very little opportunity to slow down um but sabbath keeping just allows me to just take some time and enjoy the blessings that god has given me i am a very blessed man and i don't say that to boast And I'm sure if you were to evaluate your life, you would see that you are a very blessed person. I am blessed with an incredible wife. I am blessed with two amazing young adult children. I am blessed with an amazing church family that I love. I am blessed with a great career. I am blessed with good health. I am blessed with a nice home. I am blessed with amazing friends to hang out with. But when I am so busy producing all the time, I never get to embrace those blessings. (laughs) I never get to enjoy these great things that God has given me. To enjoy my wife, to enjoy my children, to enjoy my friends, to enjoy my home, to enjoy the food that we have around our table, to enjoy my lazy boy sofa. All of these things, these gifts of God that we can, I can just embrace them and relax and enjoy them. And then another thing that the book talks about is the idea of feasting. Again, God has so blessed us with so many things in this world and that we actually take time to feast on them. And this doesn't mean just food. God, again, has blessed us with so many things. He's blessed us with music. He's blessed us with creation. He's blessed us with, with affection. He's blessed us with festivals, all of these things. And yes, food. And do we actually take time to consume those things, to enjoy them? Right? Because spiritual rest is a gift that God has given us. And it's one that should be accepted. It's not something to be so legalistic about that you don't even enjoy it. But it's about trusting this gift that God has given us. But just like Ferris Bueller, who's trying to enjoy this day off, who's trying to enjoy all of these blessings, Ferris Bueller has an enemy. Ferris Bueller has this principle that doesn't want Ferris to rest that is after him and is going to make an example of him. And he's going to make sure that Ferris Bueller suffers for the remainder of the school year so that no other kids will ever have a day off as well. And the reality is in the world that you and I live in, we too have an enemy. See, we have a spiritual enemy who wants our lives to be so jacked up and so busy, and so uh, strung out, and so wound up tight, that even though we might be Christians, even though we might have put our faith in Jesus to save us from our sin, that we'll never actually enjoy our salvation. And for me, that is the saddest state to ever be in as a follower of Jesus. You see, Jesus came to give us life And give us life to the full. Jesus came to set us free from our sin. And we receive that free gift simply by turning from our sin and turning to Jesus. And that's done so easily where it's not a course, it's not this big long thing that we have to do. It's just understanding that you and I have got this sin in our lives and that this sin is just keeping us from being close to God. And so we pray real simply, we just say, God, forgive me a sinner. God, come into my life and make me new. Come into my life and give me this abundant life that Jesus said is available to those who believe. I want that. And if you were to pray that, even today, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit comes into you and you are made new. And if you've done that today, if you're in the building with us, I want you to just raise your hand and we just want to rejoice with you. If you're watching at Greenbelt Online, I want you to click that raise hand button because we want to rejoice, just celebrate with you. Because Jesus has come to set us free. Look at these words of Jesus here. Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus wants to give you rest of trying to strive and please God to wonder if God is pleased with you. And if you prayed like I just prayed, you've received that rest. But then that's when, for some reason, then we try to throw all these religious rules and traditions on people. So that now, yes, you're saved from your sins, but now we're going to make your Christian experience miserable. (laughs) Instead of living out of the freedom that Jesus gives us. Now, freedom doesn't mean that I can just keep living any way that I want. Because look what he says here. He says, come to me, take my yoke, learn from me. So, yes, we do go on this journey of learning with Jesus, but it's gentle and it's humble and it will not burn you out. It will not fry you out. Sadly, in our Western culture, why do we have so many burnt out ministry leaders? Why do we have so many burnt out pastors? Why do we have so many burnt out volunteers in the church? I think because we got something wrong. because we're not truly learning from Jesus because it should be easy. It should be light. Maybe because we haven't done a very good job with the fourth commandment of keeping Sabbath holy, of taking that spiritual rest, that gift, that that gift from God and implementing it into our lives. You see, Ferris Bueller, his day off, is not the best way to go about getting it. But in my experience, in the 20-plus years that I've been following Jesus and in the five-plus years that I've been trying to implement Sabbath more and more in my life, I can speak from experience that God's way to experience rest works and is worth it. Let's pray together. Father God, I praise you and thank you for the rest that comes from knowing Jesus that we can truly find rest from our sin and we can find rest for the weariness that we live and that we experience. And so, Father God, I pray for those who accepted Jesus today. And God, I pray that you would just come into their lives and that we would come alongside them and that they would learn from you, Jesus, and that they would be built up and this renewal, this spiritual rest would become a regular part of who they are. Father, I pray for our church family. You know, coming out of this pandemic year where it's been hard and challenging and difficult and so many unknowns. Father, if we've not had a lot of rest this past 15 months, God, I pray that we would find ways to take those times. To find that time of ceasing and resting and embracing and feasting with you, God. Because, God, you have given us an incredible gift not to be legalistic with and not to ignore, but to use it to build us up for your glory. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.